You are supposed to be a great rivalry, not destroy it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> See, I knew you knew where I was going with that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Michigan State. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that's what you're going at, but uh, yeah, I'm glad the way that worked out. Anyways, welcome to the pod. Um, if you're here, you probably know what we're going to talk about. We got a lot to unpack with uh, the madness that was the matchup between Michigan and Michigan State this past weekend. Um, also, a bit of jarring news, learning that Hawkinson has been traded to the Vikings. So we're going to be discussing that as well. Let's go ahead and get right on into it. I'm going to be coughing so much this pod. I'm going to try not to. Fighting off a tickle. So, no judgment. Cody, I'd like to um, see you uh, maybe work on your I hate you game. Seems like maybe you haven't practiced that enough in the mirror. I don't uh, know. I thought it was pretty strong. <laughs> um, well, I can confidently say that I haven't practiced it ever in the mirror. Um, which, I mean, say what you want about that making me a bit of a casual Star Wars fan. Yeah casual um but for my first time yeah you did great i mean okay thanks thanks i appreciate that uh let's just get on right into it yeah there's We've a, lot got of... a lot to unpack in this episode uh and if you follow any of us on twitter or if you're just on twitter at all as a state of michigan fan uh you know what's up michigan played michigan state beat them by 22 points and there's plenty to talk about the game itself, but the story... <laughs> Who wants to talk about football? <laughs> I do. I've actually, <laughs> I, I know you do, Bran, uh, and I'm excited for your take because I'm pretty sure it's going to be not fun. Um, Very unpopular. <laughs> so I'm excited to get into actual football, but before we do, you guys just want to get our emotions out. This is the first time we've all got to talk like face-to-face about this. We've been texting and tweeting and all that, but... Who wants to start? Who, uh, does anyone want to go through the uh, order of events? That would be great. And then maybe like interject as as we go. Perfect. Um, as as Travis had mentioned before we hit record, my Twitter has been v- fairly active, and uh, I have waded through the muck and scum of Twitter to piece <laughs> together the events. That happened the other night. So you don't have to because it's a dark, dark, dark web out there. And it's pretty ugly. And uh, But I, I have the general picture from the videos and from um, some of the media reports, eyewitness accounts. Basically what we're so looking at. Just be advised, uh, this report is going to be very uh, victim mentality oriented. <laughs> so if that, if that offends you... Uh, well, you might want it, to stop listening. If now. you're offended by facts and it's what actually happened, turn this <laughs> off. Um, so a, a huge, and I mean, not even getting to the the facts yet. A huge complaint <laughs> from Michigan State was Jaden McBurrows was skipping to 
the tunnel to enter the locker room. Um, <clears throat> the other player that was seen entering the locker or the, the tunnel was Jamon Green. And uh, the facts are Jamon Green heads up the tunnel, and Harbaugh did clarify that both of those players head up the tunnel first every single game. So that kind of heads off the the big push from MSU fans that they were looking to start something, that they maybe got what was coming for starting something, um, because that's something that happens every single week. Um, <clears throat> I've also seen reports that Jamon Green's reason for doing that is because he's trying to see his dad, who is a truck driver and only has a limited amount of time because uh, he has to get back on the road on Saturdays. Can't confirm that, but I've seen it a couple different times. Um, either way, it doesn't really matter why they do it. They do it every week. It's their right to be able to do that without being assaulted. So Jamon Green is going up the tunnel. What? <laughs> What's amazing um, to me is I keep seeing fans now after that information came out asking like, okay, can we see the footage from weeks prior seeing him connecting with his dad? <laughs> after It's like, does it really matter that much to you? Like it could be true. It could be false. But like it but matters it that much matter. to you whether because yeah. <laughs> if that's not true, whether he, he had every right to be assaulted, <laughs> whether he was going to see his dad or he just is a shy post game showerer and needs to get in there quickly, or he had to pee or whatever the case, he has the right to, to go in the tunnel. Yep. He's allowed to. He didn't do anything wrong, and the skipping that people are so ticked about. Like, watch that video, and if you honestly get so mad watching him do that, he interacted with zero Michigan State players as also he did that. Stopped, like, two skips, too. <laughs> he stopped skipping as he entered the tunnel. Uh, as almost, you know, respectful, like, he get, got close to Michigan State, stopped skipping, gave a, hand, a fan a high five, and then put his head down and started walking up the tunnel. So, pretty they, unaggressive they saying, like, he high-fived a fan, like, that's a bad thing, too. Mm. <laughs> The thing that gets me is that even if he skipped all the way through the tunnel and then started backpedaling and nodding and talking crap into Michigan State's faces. Yeah, that's worst case scenario right there. Like he could have talked some major crap. Literally no like non-physical thing that he could have done justifies what happened in that tunnel. And yet so many Michigan State fans want to say, yeah, he probably did this and was probably doing that when there's no video evidence that justifies or not justifies that corroborates that idea. And even if it did, it still doesn't justify the actions that were taken by the MSU players. The, uh, the deflecting and the justifying is just gross. It is it so is. gross. So Brandon continue on. So Jamon green is the first Michigan player that is engaged by Spartan players. Uh, the video shows that he was confronted, and then the first punch is thrown by a Spartan player, and then he is held by Spartan captain Jacoby Winman, while Kari Crump is swinging his helmet and connects a few times with his head, his back, his shoulders. Um, Javon Green has hired a lawyer who put out a statement saying that he did suffer a concussion. Um, Harbaugh also said that he thought he may have broken his nose. So took some heavy blows with a helmet, which, uh, if you want to defend that, I don't think I want to know you. And, uh, at this point, Jaden McBurrows, who was seen menacingly skipping up the tunnel, 
sees this happening and tries to step in and break, you know, to come to his his fellow players' defense. At this point, the Spartans drag him, and this is the first video that came out on social media where the Spartans had a Michigan player. They had pulled him into a media tunnel that's not their locker room. It's a media tunnel um, that the media can walk through to get where they need to go. And uh, he was on the ground, and they're they're shown punching and kicking him while he's on the ground. Um, quite a few Spartan players were involved there. It's pretty gross stuff. Um, I saw quite a, quite a few people excusing that video, which is shocking Crazy. to me because <laughs> it to stomp on someone on the ground and try to punch them while they're on the ground when it's like a eight versus one situation is uh i don't have words for how gross that is but uh, that's what happened there eventually he kind of is thrown or kind of squirts back out to their side and he he proceeds to the locker room at that point um different camera angles show a few spartans i think there was three that were were kind of singled out who helped to try to break things up and get guys into the locker room and I, I commend those three. I know Xavier Henderson was a captain as one of them. I don't recall. Yes. So Brandon had a golden tweet for that. Everyone was kind of shouting out these three Spartans who were good humans and good teammates and leaders. And somebody tweeted out that, shout out to these guys for being good leaders. And Brandon uh, quote tweeted it and said, and people. And my first thought at looking at it was just like, I thought you were just calling them people, not that they were good people. <laughs> I was like, yes, Brandon, they are people. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. The actions I saw was subhuman. Uh, and so for those who acted like real humans, I commend that. At the other, po- other side of it, there are three Spartans worthy of commendation. They're are a vast majority of the team that are not because there are videos you see Spartans just turning and watching as their teammate bashes a Michigan player over the head with his helmet, watching and then turning their back and walking away. Uh, and I also tweeted uh, something to the effect of just a few bad apples, huh? Um, <laughs> and that's maybe a little toxic on my part, but I actually at the same point, like if you, if you watch it and you don't do anything, you are you are in the wrong and a majority of the team did nothing so what if you're a coach or a director of okay. sports or whatever and <laughs> you sprint football operations you sprint away from the situation that guy i don't even have words for that i can say on a podcast for my opinion of <laughs> that, that dude, guy that dude's such an alpha <laughs> i want to you know, be more like him when i grow up they say like, that you before have, the game uh, fight or flight he is a capital f flight it was he saw it turned and sprinted the other direction oh man director of football operations good job buddy same guy as as michigan state is entering the game at the beginning of the game coming out of the tunnel he's at the head of the pack and the camera from abc is right there and he's just yelling at the camera guy to get out of the way like ABC's done this every single week. This camera guy knows what he's doing. He's getting footage of your team coming out of the tunnel in an epic way. And I tweeted you or texted you guys as soon as I saw that, like, 
whoever this coach is, well, that was such a bad look. And then he had an even worse look. <laughs> <laughs> he sandwiched that game with bad looks. Yeah, it's the epitome of small dog energy. Trying yeah. to like project Nailed himself it. as big and tough, and then as soon as crap hits the fan, he is out of there. Yeah, he's been an unsung anti-hero of this whole situation. So I'm glad we got to spend some time talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to so Michigan's- if you're listening to this podcast, oh, you are a loser. <laughs> not a yeah. not our fans. All our listeners. <laughs> All our listeners. Y'all are losers. I forgot. I forgot his name. But the director of football operations at MSU. He has gone full on like bunker mode. So I I don't think he's been listening to any podcast. He's like protected his Twitter. He's he's gone full on uh, Camp David. He's he's getting out of here. So <laughs> uh, I don't think we have to worry about probably him. a smart move because the people on that side who are opening their mouths have only made the situation worse. Um, With a few I, notable exceptions. Just to to clarify, when I I mentioned. Um, the Michigan State players who were punching and kicking Jaden McBurrows while he's on the ground. I've seen a lot of Michigan State people saying that, that video doesn't prove that they were punching and kicking. But <laughs> the media player, uh, media members who were in the middle of it have come out and said very clearly that that is exactly what happened. So eyewitnesses who are paid to cover Michigan State have said these players were punching and kicking Jade McBurrows while he was on the ground. Uh, so if you choose to not believe your own beat writers, that's on you. But that has been reported. <laughs> and uh, you can see in the video, the one guy was literally like on top of it. Unfortunately, his video did not record. So we don't have the best footage possible. But he did ask. say that that's what happened. So Okay. I was wondering if he was one of the ones that was going to say anything because it's I'll just leave it at this. It's mighty fishy that (laughs) somebody who, as we've discussed off the pod before, who records videos on his phone for a living, um, doesn't know that you're allowed to take your thumb off the record button once you start recording. (laughs) Don't really know how getting bumped makes you stop recording. Yeah. So to his credit, like he was one of the first people to put news out there that this was going on. But. As far as video, like that was one of my first thoughts was like conspiracy theory. This guy deleted the video or didn't record on purpose. And there you can see in the other video, you can see him videotaping, trying to. And he zoomed in on his phone and said, see, you can see the little red circle at the bottom. It's proof that it wasn't videotaping. Well, when you are videotaping, that still it turns into a smaller red square. Yeah. And from a blurry view from looks the side, exactly the it's going to look the exact same. And he turned off the comments <laughs> on the post, too. So yeah. that's Proves a rough look. Me, but he he's saying that those things happen. So I don't think he's trying to hide anything. Yeah, um, I don't right. either. But it's it just a bad look. <laughs> it was a bad look from a, a media member. But that's generally the gist of what happened. Um uh, I've been a, I've been shocked how many people have blamed Harbaugh for for this. Holy cow! Um, because he he dared to run a trick play at the end of the game, which uh, is you know the kind of stuff that Michigan State did in in the past you know decade or so when they were winning games. Um, the one thing that kind of really annoys me about that mentality is Michigan State has been craving Michigan to 
claim them as a rival. They want this to be this huge rivalry. And uh, way back when, when Michigan was playing Ohio State, and Ohio State had the game in hand, at the end of a game, they scored a touchdown. Instead of taking the extra point, they went for two. And after the game, a reporter asked Woody Hayes, why did you go for two when you could have just you know kicked the extra point? And he said, because I couldn't go for three. And that's the <laughs> mentality that rivals have. You want to score as many points as possible. So I have no problem at all with that trick play at the end. I thought the commentator who said he didn't like it was a guy who must not understand how rivalries work, and I thought it was incredibly soft. Um, if you don't like it, stop it, which Michigan State did. So no harm, no foul there. Uh, I think Here's the that... thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, now Spartan fans are taking the path of they don't want it to be like this anymore. They say that the rivalry has gone too far, that it has devolved, and that we need to take a step back. Um, and I've I've seen like a lot of Michigan fans subscribing to that mentality too because what happened was ugly. Uh, make no doubt about it. But the kind of angle that they're taking is that this rivalry has no respect between the two teams. And it got me thinking, does any classic rivalry really involve respect between the two teams? Is that something that is typically there? Or what's your opinion there? Because I'll just go ahead and start. There is no respect between Michigan and Ohio State. None whatsoever. The, the funny two, part on the two that, programs though, hate each other is people are claiming that there is because they're good programs. And I think that's just maybe a narrative within this that's woven into this mess that people are trying to explain away things. But I think you're more onto it. Like rivalries are messy. You're not like Woody Hayes said, if I could score three, I would have like, that's not a respectful thing. So I think you're right. Code. I think you continue on the front you guys were on, but you're, you're on the right path. Yeah. There's a significant difference between respecting that a program has uh, success in the past or that they're a good program like statistically, um, you know, you'd just be lying if you were to say Ohio State isn't good at football. But that doesn't mean that you respect them, respect the players, the coaches, the program in the slightest. Um, if you're defining respect as not assaulting them. <laughs> well, that's just it. That's that's my thing, is that Michigan State fans are saying, this just isn't fun anymore. Well, listen. Well, maybe your players shouldn't assault the other team's players then. Your team just got dog walked, and now your players assaulted the Michigan players. Like, this shouldn't be a fun time for you because this shouldn't happen and has never happened. And you can't blame this on, yeah, the rivalry has gone too far. You can't blame it on the tunnel that's been there for 90-plus years. See, that's that's my biggest thing that has bothered me about this entire weekend. Um I mean, obviously, it's a tragedy that the Michigan State or the Michigan players like were assaulted, and that's just a really awful thing to have to go through. But there's just I've seen so many takes, so many people online that are saying, "Yes, this is inexcusable." But <laughs> there's no but. It's period. Don't deflect. Don't talk about the Michigan players shouldn't have been there, um, and start blaming the victim. And the more and more video ev- video evidence we get shows that Michigan players were just walking through the tunnel. I just it boggles my mind that you can see in f- nearly 4K just for the sake of saying they caught you in 4K. It's a little grainy, but you can see clearly um, just horrible, horrible 
gang jumping of Michigan players. Ooh, and you said your that immediate buzzword. That's uh that's one of the buzzwords. I won't I, say listen, I tweeted listen, listen. that one out and I was so nervous, but I was like, you know what? That this truthfully is what happened. They ganged up. It was multiple players on one. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is that it was multiple players assaulting one player um, and then another player, both not at the same time. Anyways, my point, and I'm just getting fired up kind of. I'm forgetting yeah. what my point even was, um, is just that we're, we're, we can't just accept, yes, this was wrong, and let's do better. Instead, they want to say, yeah, this rivalry has gone too far. The Michigan players shouldn't have been doing this. The Michigan State players shouldn't have been doing this, which was obviously worse. It's like, no, these players were in the wrong. They did something awful. That's all this is. Quit saying that you need to have two tunnels or else our players just might assault you. Like, Man, do you understand to, how how insane that mentality Spartan is? Stadium, Ford Field, and the Big House. Every seriously, <laughs> every football stadium in our state has to get a second tunnel added to it. <laughs> the thing I keep seeing is people saying this only happens at Michigan against Michigan. And I just need to be clear. This has never happened before. <laughs> this yep. where you see players assaulting other players in the tunnel has never happened before. Players chirping and jawing at each other happens. That happens all across the nation in rivalry games. And I honestly think that part of it is kind of it's beautiful good. in rivalry. I it like it too. It's rivalries. good. That's something I also put out on Twitter in response to somebody talking about this very thing. Last year, Ryan Day was an oppressor, and he was asked about the tunnel and the interactions that you have in the tunnel. And he said, yeah, you hear a lot of things in the tunnel. There's some chirping, and uh, you're going to have a lot of interactions with players and coaches. And, uh, you know, that's exactly the way you like it in a rivalry. It fires you up. So that's when, our we, n- when we talk about Go rivalries, um, I love the petty the uh the aggression like we think back to devin bush kicking the the grass like to me <laughs> that was one of the high points of the rivalry with michigan state the because he should be charged for destruction of property it, brand it he really upset the ground. it really upset michigan state but it didn't harm anybody <laughs> um and obviously michigan got really upset because michigan state did their little stormtrooper march across the field. Um, I thought that was fantastic. When Michigan and Ohio State this past year, they had a they jawed in the tunnel. Um, there was one time when a Ohio State player ripped off a helmet from a Michigan player, and then the offensive line just surrounded this like cornerback and just stared down at him and walked him basically to the sideline. Love it. I love a shoving match. I love a yelling match, a kicking in the grass match. All that stuff is really good for rivalries. When you go to, we're going to drag this player on the ground into a tunnel and stomp him, or we're going to hold this player and then you bash him with the helmet, we're talking criminal activity. That is so far beyond. And if you can't see the difference between like criminal assault and just a shoving match or like yelling at someone, then you're, you're lost. You really are. So I have for the longest time have loved this Michigan, Michigan state rivalry. And, uh, I'll say this 
Michigan just beat Michigan State by 22 points. And I was so much more frustrated after this game than after last year's game where we lost a heartbreaker because that's more like what this rivalry is supposed to be about. A hard-fought game, but it wasn't, it didn't cross over into the players getting beaten physically, (laughs) not, not on the field. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm sick of it. I, I have a routine where after, um, all the games, usually on Sunday or Monday, I'll start listening to recap pods because I'm sick and I just need to like (laughs) relive it again. And then I'll, that'll usually go into like Tuesday and then Wednesday and Thursday is where I will start the betting previews and like looking forward to the upcoming week. I have done none of that because I have been, I've been so repulsed by all of this. This has sapped me of my love for the game. It's just despicable <laughs> and it's so frustrating. It's not what the game should be about at all. And there is no ifs, buts, what about it is a 100% fall of the players on Michigan state. And uh, I will say this, this is an unpopular opinion. I'm a better safe than sorry guy. The Michigan players have a right to go up that tunnel. But after this, I am 100% fine with saying, I'm sorry, guys. I know you like to get there soon. You have to wait until the other team is cleared because I don't ever want to see this happen again. And I, I know yeah. that there's yeah. a lot of parallels you could use you know, with laws and stuff, and I'm usually pro-freedom, but... In this case, I just think, man, I I'd never want to see a player beat another player over the head with a a helmet or another player dragged on the ground. Like that was dark stuff. And that's not what this beautiful game should be about. So I, I hope that uh maybe they'll consider that because clearly any uh security was worthless. Um they they said on the the broadcast that they had hired double the security to help in the tunnel. And I saw videos of police officers standing and watching and people with security on their jacket literally just standing by. So uh, good job, guys. Appreciate you. <laughs> After that game ended, uh, I was with Hannah and we put on a Netflix show, ended up finishing the season. It was like 1.30 a.m. after the game. And I was like, whoa, we finished that season? And Hannah looked at me and went, well, I did because I was on my phone on Twitter the entire oh. time after the game, <laughs> just reading and getting just getting sick of all the stuff I was seeing. So it's like a bad car crash. You like, can't you, take your eyes. You can't off take it. your eyes off it. I even tweeted at one point. That's enough Twitter for the weekend because I was so disgusted <laughs> by just more and more footage that would come out, but also people defending it or deflecting or trying to equate blame on Michigan side. I was just like, I can't put myself like through this anymore. I'm disgusted. Can we just... And then I just went right back to it because I couldn't stop. <laughs> As people, can we just like try to move past this game of deflecting and whataboutisms? And like we see it in almost every category of life where there's opposing thoughts going at it. You see it in politics. You see it in sports. And I'm really seeing it in sports here where just call an apple an apple. That was assault and it's a bad thing. You don't then have to go, but, you know what, but you can talk. I don't know. 
there's room for discussion on things. However, you lose all your credibility when you say, this is a bad thing, but you then <laughs> it's just that goes out the window. Everything you just said, like there was an interaction. Brandon had a really solid one with this Michigan State uh, content creator on Twitter and usually really good. He was saying a lot of good things about like this incident, um, kind of taking the high road. And then he threw out this, these caveats of butts and yep. yeah, but, and you just lose then, all your credibility when you do that. And, and then completely flipped. It was like, yeah, name a better duo between Michigan and uh, playing the victim. Classic <laughs> yeah. Michigan. And it's like, is this really not an instance where we can be a victim? There are times <laughs> when it's, you can say things like a yeah, but like not every incident is an assault and you can talk about the. Okay, but there's times for that. This just is not this one of those times. This is not times. the time. Um, and if you want to blame Harbaugh because you're crazy, uh, talk about it maybe later. But you can't. That just takes away from what happened right now. So, I, I w- sorry. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk about it real briefly. Um, because one thing I will say is that. Um, and we need to make sure that we mention this from time to time that there are there are crazies from every fan base. Um, so you'll see people with outlandish takes from the uh, the Michigan State side that we've ad- uh, that we've addressed tonight. You'll also see some people from the Michigan side saying some truly awful things about, like, say, Mel Tucker. Um, what do you guys think about this narrative that's being pushed right now that? This is kind of a culture that's been fostered by Mel Tucker. That's kind of like a little bit of a hot take to talk about. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? It's a super hot, hot take right now. Because um, if you blame Mel Tucker, uh, it's kind of in that same realm where you're kind of digging into it. However, there's there is a boss to every company, and like when I was, it's a the boss, reflection. If, yeah. Yeah, if I had employees I hired who were just doing horrible things, they would get fired. However, there's a good chance my job could be on the line if I didn't handle it properly. And if you looked into like how I was handling myself prior and whatnot. So as of right now, I, I give Mel Tucker a little bit of blame. But mostly, <coughs> these players, that was ridiculous. This is assault on them. But there was a few things that Mel Tucker did uh, that rub me the wrong way just as a human watching aggression. Um, one being you could watch him on the sideline frothing at the <laughs> mouth the whole game, like the rage. And at the beginning of the game, I kind of liked it. Cause like, okay, Mel Tucker knows that this game means something and he is just a raging machine. Like he's, <laughs> I didn't like it <laughs> but- Even before all this happened. I was looking at him just like, like you said, frothing <laughs> pa- practically. I was scared. So yeah, <laughs> then it took it to another level, like where I think it was maybe the winged helmet talked about he could he was like thirty feet from him and could hear the profanity coming from El Tucker at a ref, and I mean that's normal. We just were watching Michigan State Grand Valley, and Izzo was also <laughs> yelling profanity at the ref in this exhibition game. It happens, so I'm not saying that justifies blaming Mel Tucker, but there's there's definitely a a rage in the air. Um, and I'm not to say that that's caused an assault to happen, 
But a lot of people I've seen blame like the hatred forming in this rivalry. And some people are blaming Michigan. Some people are blaming Mark D'Antonio. And for things that are said and just made it up to this boiling point. So I guess boiling it down, I don't blame Mel Tucker. But I don't know if he helped the situation. But I'm not giving him blame quite yet. I suppose I actually kind of wish I wouldn't have even offered that question because up to this point we have simply been discussing what happened yeah and what you can clearly see in the video this is speculation um and what i will say is that since the events have unfolded i think uh michigan state and mel tucker have handled the situation very well and that's not something that is talked about enough um they were really swift in their action to suspend players and new video came out showing other players who were clearly involved and they've been suspended as well i think michigan state's president Uh, came out and made a really great statement on the issue. And I think they've done what they've needed to do at this point after the fact. Um, The one thing I thought was a little fishy was um, just just a little bit odd. Mel Tucker just claiming he knew absolutely nothing about what happened in his (laughs) post-game presser uh, when when the video shows him clearly just absolutely smashing a door (laughs) on his way into the locker room after the events of the assault happened. So one has to wonder how much he really knew at that point. Um, But his statement was that he just didn't have all the information and he wanted to get Mm -hmm. all the information before he took action. He didn't lie straight up like Jacoby Whitman did. Yeah, (laughs) that was bad, but he knew exactly what he did. So I'm not, I'm not shocked that that was his answer. Um, So yeah, I I think you do have to give uh, Tucker and company credit for how they've handled the situation going forward. Yep. My main grievance is, yes, with the players that committed those crimes, but just at the response from so much in the fan base, so many in the fan base who have deflected and who have wanted to make this something that Michigan shares blame in, who have wanted to point to the fact that they believe the the fact, air quotes, that this rivalry has just gone too far. A rivalry going too far doesn't cause a person to commit assault. That's, yeah. the, that's so, the bottom line. Right. So You have to be better than that. What, what I would just add on to that is, um, Travis kind of alluded to this with his analogy of working. Uh, when you put on that green and white jersey, you are representing the university and you are representing your head coach. So while Michigan State did not, I don't think, create a situation for this to just happen, they look horrible because those are their players, and that's Mel Tucker's team that he has assembled. So I'm not going to say that he's created a toxic culture that breeds this type of behavior. Um, It's just a bad look. if If it happens again, we can have that conversation. But at this point, it's just it reflects poorly on him uh, as the leader of this team, and it reflects poorly on the university. Even though all of us agree we like the uh, the way that it's been handled after the fact, the fact that it happened is it's a black eye for sure. Can I dabble into a, another controversial <laughs> topic on this, which is the notorious head swipe of Mel Tucker <laughs> from the fan? I don't, um, I don't know. Have you ever seen <laughs> such an egregious act by a fan? Oh, I can't believe he would. I I, I don't even know what to say. So <laughs> th- th- everyone agrees, seems to agree that it was a very bad thing to do. And 
this is one of those things where I was saying earlier where there's things sometimes when you can acknowledge and say that's the wrong thing. However, assault's not one of them. But brushing a guy's head with maybe two fingers uh, and getting a rage reaction from it, like the action and reaction didn't match. And I feel like if I said, if I tweeted that, I would just would get, get canceled. Yes. Yeah. And I, I this is one where it's hard to talk about because I just spent the beginning of this saying, don't say whatabouts or buts. But this is a different level. This is not assault. This is a fan softly touching, which when you're in a tunnel, like I've been by many tunnels and everyone's sticking their hands out. That's a normal thing at every game. However, you shouldn't touch a coach's head, and because of the reactions, and everything. I'm fine with every the punishments that came to that to that guy. I'm not. I don't think he should have got suspended <laughs> from Michigan Stadium for life. No, that's ridiculous. Uh, and I cancel me if you want. If you're listening to this, I'm just gonna own this. That is his reaction was not necessary to what happened. If the guy grabbed his head, if we were recording this, you can see I'm grabbing Cody's head right now. You could. Swing on me. I don't care, Code, because you don't know me. But the dude, oh, man. And the defense, and it's Michigan and Michigan State fans, where I feel like they're just playing the safe road here because everyone is saying no more what about statements, no more buts. If you see something, you call it as it is. There's levels to that, though, for sure. And this is one where I feel like his reaction was very strong to something that was I don't know, pretty soft, uh, but wrong. So cancel me if you want. This will be the second episode where the boys get canceled. But (laughs) I'm I'm out on that one. That wasn't that bad. It was wrong. It was not. He shouldn't have done it. But no buts, Trav. Yeah, on this one there is because it's not that bit. When it's not that big of a thing, if he assaulted him, then no buts. I guess. Yeah, I, I I like that you brought it up just because. People keep pointing back to past situations where this happened, um, and then there's a but because it's just not the same thing. People want to talk about Donovan Edwards, and uh, yeah, it wasn't a smart thing that he's that he did with uh, retweeting the content that he did on Twitter. Um, he acknowledged that he made a mistake; it was dumb. He shouldn't have done it, but he didn't assault somebody. I think it's really important that we make that distinction that. Even if he did something that was stupid and maybe harmful as well, uh, there's a clear difference between that and getting uh, 10 of your buddies and just beating somebody to so, a pole. So, story time real quick. I was at a sporting event, and in the hallway where everyone is walking, I see Greg Oden. And it's pretty easy to see Greg Oden. He towers over everyone. And I go, like, hey, that's Greg Oden. And I purposely walk right past him so I can slightly touch him and say i touched greg odin like because you brush shoulders with everyone you're walking past should i be banned from ever being in the presence of greg odin again all right next week you will hear this podcast with just cody and brandon because travis (laughs) is kicked out for life greg i'm so sorry that you survived that you had to go through that assault travis brushed (laughs) elbows with you and for that we are we're so sorry Greg, also, I'm a big fan of you. Uh, you're a, a Buckeye, but you've been a, not a bad dude. And I like like when you talk on Titus and Tate sometimes. He, he's coaching at Butler now too, right? I think so, yeah. 
Uh, that's cool. I'm kind of cheering for him. Which Do is not touch coaches, Travis. <laughs> I the thing I'll say, I'm safe. <laughs> he wasn't a coach yet, so I'm okay. <laughs> the thing I'll say is there's a, there's definitely a difference between brushing shoulders and yeah, trying to rub somebody's head. There's definitely a, a degrading aspect to that. And uh, I mean, I think my first reaction if somebody's trying to palm my bald head would probably be to swat their hand away. Um, I didn't take much from that really either way like he definitely shouldn't have been trying to reach the guy's head yep i did i mean it was an aggressive move to like really swat his hand away and then kind of go after the fan afterwards but i was more just disappointed that it happened in general because i just knew this was going to take attention away from something that's way more important so that was to to use a halloween to use a halloween example um your reaction to wrong should be proportional so i've seen a lot of videos of people taking more candy than they're supposed to so someone reaches into the bowl and they grab a handful i think the right response is to call them out on it so you could say hey only take one or only take two or however and uh instead (laughs) of whacking their hand so all the candy goes everywhere um (laughs) If you whack the hand, that just that's a, that's way too aggressive. So, two Brandon, two wrongs but, do not make that a right. Candy, that candy is for everyone, and you have smack it out of their hands. It's not right. <laughs> They're kids, I know, but you know what? It doesn't matter. They did a wrong. So, however you want to react to it, that, I know, is totally fine. I probably I probably should <laughs> just like drop kick them because you know. <laughs> I've been assaulted. Um, yeah, I just I can't believe that uh, the response. Like, all he had to do was just point at the guy and say, "Security, like, hey, that guy touched my head." <laughs> like, yeah, proportional responses. That's that's the whole thing I got from it. Not gonna say he should have touched him, but with Travis's Greg Oden story, I also kind of like I get it. Not gonna say it's right <laughs> because you shouldn't grab people's head or, in this case, br- lightly brush. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We probably spent too much time about that. I, I think it's yeah, pretty much sure. a nothing burger yeah. compared to the, the f- assault in the tunnels. Do you guys want to talk about the actual game? Yeah, I do want to thank <laughs> you guys game? for indulging me <laughs> on talking about the head brush. Cause it was something that's just gnawing at me that I didn't know how to react. I wanted to talk to people about it cause it just, it was rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. So it was good to just at least get that. Well, out, that so guy rubbed you. Mel Tucker's head the wrong way. So, <laughs> but yeah, code. There was a game. Uh, <laughs> Do tell. Uh, let's let Brandon jump into it because I, Brand, I I've seen some of your tweets. I have a feeling I know where you're gonna go with this. Um, at the same time, I think I'm gonna agree with you. So take it away. I'm gonna do something in podcasting terms that is so dumb. I'm going to make some references that the average person will not get. But this is just my brain, and I want to share my brain with you. So uh, I just want to share a story. And this is not even the references I'm talking about. I might get a little lengthy here. I apologize. I love value, and I hate to waste things. It's like my core of who I am. I do not waste. And so the other day... I am at the store, and uh, 
I remembered that Brienne was kind of having a, a bad day. So I was like, hey, you know what? On the way home, I'll swing by Bigby. I'll get her a coffee, and that'll cheer her up. And so I, I'm in the drive-thru. Do you guys ever roll your window down in the drive-thru to hear the order of the person ahead of you? All the time. No. Okay. All I'm glad because <laughs> no. I thought I was a weirdo, but Travis, you helped you me are. feel a little bit better about myself. So I, the car ahead of me is You can both still be weirdos. I don't know, right? That I is... up against Craig Oden, so. <laughs> hey, two out of three podcasters here <laughs> yeah. listen to the car ahead. This is order. the guy that's giving you solace in your, in your weirdness. <laughs> I'll take it. So I roll the window down, and uh, this this guy starts ordering, and uh, I can't hear a thing. Like it's like a whisper, and then I hear through the the speaker, "Sir, you have to speak up. I can't hear you at all." So then I'm like, "Okay, is he going to speak up?" And it's just dead quiet. And like this goes on for like five minutes, and I'm getting kind of annoyed. <laughs> and like this guy, it's a long order. And finally, I'm like hearing the the little whispers, and so like I'm a little annoyed. And then I'm like, well, you know, maybe like there's something wrong, you know, like a disorder or like can't speak for whatever reason. And uh, I, I, uh, I'm like, you know, when they pull around, I'll be able to see them because it's kind of a U shape, and. Uh, but I was I was feeling awful. This lady had to ask him like five or six times, please speak up. I can't hear your order. I'm getting so annoyed at this point. And uh, <laughs> finally, it's my turn to order. Also, when it's my turn to order, I get to see the person drive around. You know how you can look at someone and tell? They don't have a disorder. They're just annoying. They're dumb. <laughs> that was what was going on there. That person was just an idiot that doesn't know how to listen to directions. But anyways... It's my turn to order, and uh, to give some to give some background on this order. Ever since uh, Brianna was pregnant, she has switched to decaf coffee because she doesn't want any caffeine to get into the breast milk, and so got to get her uh, a large black decaf coffee. So when it's my turn to order, I said to myself, "I'm going to say this as loud and as simple as possible because this poor lady had to." S- stand there for five minutes trying to get this idiot's order and it was like the most froofy order like i was so frustrated so i get it's my turn i say large black coffee that's it (laughs) and so i pull through i get my coffee i get home and i look at the coffee and i go no i didn't say decaf because i was trying so hard to keep it simple I was so frustrated. She doesn't, she can't drink it. I don't drink coffee. And I spent $3 on a black coffee. What am I going to do? I drank the whole thing. I do not waste. And you know what? This Michigan football team wasted five possessions with field goals. Jake Moody, bless his heart, went five for five. Four of those were in the red zone. So chip shots, 20, 30-yard field goals. And they're saying, we don't need touchdowns. We are just going to kick field goals. We're going to win. We're not going to cover against our rival. This game should have been 49-7. to If you are, okay, the college football playoff rankings just came out. Michigan is at five. Clemson is at four. Michigan, if you would have 
blown out Michigan State and not stuttered every time you got into the... You didn't punt. You punted at the very end of the game when the game was pretty much over. But when the game was actually being played, you did not punt. All game, you drove up and down the field. But when you get inside those 20s, you freak out. In the words of Carl Weathers from Arrested Development, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a lot of meat on that bone. You put that in a pot, <laughs> get some broth, a potato, baby, you got a stew going. There's so much meat on the bone of this Michigan offense, and they are just leaving it and throwing it away. So wasteful. And they are letting their team be perceived as worse than a Clemson team that I truly believe they would beat by multiple scores. And now they're in a position where if they don't beat Ohio State, they are not going to make the playoff. Even though, in my opinion, when those two teams meet, they are most likely the two best teams in the country. So I am so frustrated. Yes, we won by 22. We should have won by at least 42. There is a chart that shows um, average success rate. And then based off of your average success rate in that game, it shows what games were the most dominant wins. Michigan, who did not even cover the spread, had the second most dominant performance of the week. Hmm. And it showed, based on their success rate, the score should have been something like 49-7. to 7. And so, I am so sick and tired of this team dominating in all the stats that don't matter. The stat that matters the most is the points on the scoreboard. And, uh, you know, Michigan, obviously there's a lot of reasons for this. Um, uh, Jim Harbaugh figured out that he could just run the clock out and he didn't have to take any risks. And the game would be won if he just ran as basically – I mean, they ran, I think, I I had it added up earlier. It was uh, 66% of the time. It was like 55 rushes. Mm. That balance is awful. It should be something like, I would like to see it be more like 55-45. I think that's about a, a perfect split. 66% is is horrendous, and it's, it's not going to cut it. Even if, because they're not a balanced team, Ohio State's not a balanced team right now either. So even if Michigan is able to use this formula they used last year to beat Ohio State, which I think this year's game will be more difficult because it's at Columbus, and Ohio State's better this year. Even if that works, we have seen balanced teams, you have to have the threat of the past. Georgia exposed us last year. They would expose us again this year if we don't have a functional passing game. Michigan threw for the second least amount of yards against Michigan State this year. Only uh, second least to the horrible Graham Mertz. And uh, that includes players like uh, Jake Salopek from Western Michigan. You know, <laughs> you can go through all these other games against horrible teams. They all threw for more yards. Um, I'll just wrap up with my last analogy. This one is so far out of left field. Do you guys remember um, Ender's Game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that movie. So... My my brain is uh, it's an enigma because this game, something about it reminded me of Ender's Game, and it reminded me. So the basic premise of this movie, for those who aren't just like crazy nerds like us, in Ender's Game, an alien species invades Earth, 
um, in the battle, like tens of millions of humans are killed, but they're repelled. And so in order to prepare for the next invasion, the next generation of like the smartest, best and brightest kids are all trained to help prepare for when that next invasion comes. So Ender, the protagonist, is one of those kids. And in battle school, he has this bully that won't leave him alone. And finally, this bully corners him and says, you're going to fight me. And Ender's like, I don't want to, but if you're going to force me to, because he's also, he's a tactical genius. So even though he's this kind of shrimpy kid, he can find the advantage. He knows what your weakness is, and he's going to use it against you. So this big bully ends up getting his butt kicked. And when he's on the ground, and this is maybe in poor taste after the assault, this is on a football sense, not in a real sense. When the bully's on the ground, he continues to just beat the crap out of him. And after that, he is kicked out of battle school, and then the the leaders of the battle school come to his house and say, you had already won the fight. He was on the ground. Why did you keep kicking him? Why did you keep beating him up? And Ender's response was, Getting him down was the first battle. I wanted to win all the future battles. He wanted to make sure that he was never going to lose to him again. And by letting Michigan State hang in that game, you are not ensuring that you're going to win future battles. Michigan in 2018 allowed Ohio State to score 63 points. That game, in my opinion defeated Michigan the next year too because the next year they gave up like 57 and that was actually a bigger larger margin of victory for Ohio State in 2019 when they they got blown out for the second time they were the better team all year long but then when they played Ohio State it was like they were they saw a ghost they didn't know how to play them because they were still so scarred I call it battered battered Wolverine syndrome I have it as a fan sometimes and the, the players were terrified, and you saw it. They played scared the whole game, and they got blown out. And they most likely would have got blown out if they played in 2020, but COVID saved us from that. My point is, you can't just let your opponent get up off the mat. On the field, you need to end them. And in the case of Michigan State, you did not, you did not do that. They're going to get up off the mat frustrated, and they're going to come back with as much venom next year. And then, as I mentioned with the college football playoff, that's a future battle. You absolutely failed to win the next battle down the line. So I was really, really frustrated, even though we won, um, because I feel like Michigan is they're playing with their food. And instead of just finishing the game, they're saying we don't have to do our best. The red zone play calling is horrendous. Um, all that to be said, I think Michigan is a really good team. And, uh, I, th- I think that if they played some of these, t- I think there are two teams that scare me in the top four of the college football playoff. And, uh, it's Georgia and Ohio state. I, r- I think that Michigan would beat Tennessee and they would destroy Clemson. Uh, but you have to get there and you're not going to get there. If you lose to, in my opinion, maybe the best team in the country, Ohio State, because if you play with your food like Michigan did, Michigan was up um, most of the game on Michigan State. Do you know what Ohio State did 
in the fourth quarter against Penn State. They scored 28 points in seven minutes of game time. Mm-hmm. If you let a team hang around, it will come back to bite you. And if Ohio State doesn't do it, Georgia would do it, or Tennessee. You can't just sit on the ball and expect nothing crazy to happen. A fumble happens here, uh, you know, a long pass there, a busted coverage, whatever. End it while you have the advantage. And uh, I'll just say this last part that is so frustrating to me. Ender's game, Ender's big thing is tactics. If the enemy is weak here, I'm going to attack here. If they're strong here, I'm going to use a decoy. You know, it's all about how can I use their mistakes and weaknesses to my advantage. And Michigan did not do that against Michigan State. Michigan State has a horrible pass defense, and it did not matter. Our J.J. McCarthy played his worst game of the season, and I think that a part of that is he has been trained to never take shots. He has been trained to be terrified of mistakes. And if you are not going, if you're going to be so rigid that you only will try to beat a team playing your game, so they're better at run defense. It doesn't matter. We're better at run offense. Adjust your strategy based on what your opponent is weak at. Once again, going back to Ohio State, 2018, Ohio State had very weak linebackers in space, and we ran up the gut the whole day. We didn't challenge their linebackers. And uh, we had the blueprint the week before Maryland scored like 52 points on them, and uh, we weren't even close to that. So you have to. This We've seen it in the past. have to be flexible. We know Michigan is not that. So I was very frustrated. Glad they got the win, but I'm hesitant based on what I've seen going forward if this team can do what it takes to to be remembered as one of the great ones. I think Brandon uh, missed being on the pod last week. <laughs> did, were you, did you miss being here, Brand? Uh, I did. Um, it was very – I think it's the first pod I've ever missed. Yeah, I think uh, it was too. By the way, uh, you should rewatch Ender's game because I did I, rewatch it and I really enjoyed it. And you guys know that I have some kind of wacky ideas about maybe how the world should be run. <laughs> I, you know, as I get older and older, I, I feel less that they're wacky. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, if you watch that, you might see a glimmer of what I've been talking about. So maybe watch that and be like, oh, this is what Brandon was talking about. Uh, I literally just rewatched Ender's Game like maybe a month or two ago. Oh, really? God <laughs> yeah. darn, I wanted to just watch it. I'll I'll tell I'll oh, talk well. to you later about what what that I, you may, maybe you know what I mean but <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon you can uh, get access to yeah, those just... dangerous ideas hear my wildly by unconventional and very dangerous ideas about <laughs> how the world should be run oh Brian I had two thoughts uh, to what you said one might make you feel a little bit better and that is uh, last year we lost to Michigan State and I know they they had a K nine on the team. Kenneth Walker, who won, he was the difference maker. However, uh, Michigan had that game. Michigan should have won last year, and they didn't. And we saw what happened after that. Michigan lost that game and still made the college football playoff. Now, I feel like there's some psychology that goes, like you were saying, when you got to win to win the next battles, this was a battle Michigan felt like they just needed to win, and they didn't look to win the next battle. 
But comparing it to last year, this is a battle we won, and we got the rest of the year going forward, and their victories we saw that we won last year. So there's a realm where we're going to be okay. Like you said, Michigan is a good team. But along the lines of what you were saying, I was thinking of another movie that their play calling reminds me of, and it's pretty much almost any alien invasion or war movie. There's Mm -hmm. always a general who's just old school, like, I'd nuke him. We can just bomb them, get them out of there. And they're going to do what they do best, which is firepower. And then there's always somebody who's like, no, I know the enemy. That's not going to work. And they play against the enemy to their strengths. Uh, Michigan right now is more like the dumb general who just knows what their strengths are. And they get the job done for the most part. That general has his job because he's he's bombed and destroyed enemies of lesser power. Uh, but when you get to enemies who he knows. <laughs> but when you get to enemies <laughs> of more power, you can't just do the same old thing. Right. And what makes me feel confident at least a little bit is that Michigan did that last year where look at the Washington game. We were talking about the same way when we played Washington last year is like we'd never hardly threw it against them. Um different different schemes cuz Washington was good at pass defense. Yep. Um however, when we got to Ohio State last year, they they put it the pedal to the metal and they opened up the playbook and they did some things that were pretty amazing. If Michigan does that, all's forgiven. Uh, and they show that they're capable of doing that. That they're capable of every game is different. And you look at this blueprint that they just played to win, not to not to really win the next battle. So I was disappointed like you were that it they didn't win like they should have. However, Harbaugh seems to coach to win unless he views the team that they're playing against as much better than them. Uh, except for maybe that Georgia game where we were just totally outmatched. Um, but that was one example, and we haven't seen an example like that in a while. But at least recently, like I really pull a lot of confidence from last year's Ohio State game plan. We'll see what happens. Well, but Once again, that that Ohio State team and that Michigan team, they were tailor-made to defeat that team because Michigan State was soft in the trenches. So they could beat them doing what they do best. If Ohio Ohio State... State, Yeah. If Ohio State can stop the run, you have to have the counterpunch. And that's... You said, you know, I'll be forgiven if they beat Ohio State. At this point, nothing really needs to be forgiven because my frustration is looking forward. I'm looking at the future battles saying... Are they going to be able to have that second punch? Because right now, eight games into the year, they only have run the ball. <laughs> I would like to see balance. That's not. I don't think that's crazy for an elite team to be able to do it all. And uh, yes, they're probably having some plays saved up in the red zone. But if you never throw in the end zone, you can't expect your offense to be able to execute that at the end of the season. And so maybe they're going to have some really cool plays that they have saved up, but in the end, they're not going to be a team that's going to throw the ball into the end zone a bunch because that's just not who they are. It's not their identity. Um, the One other just future battle, they had an unprecedented amount of recruits at that Michigan State game. So if you're playing for future battles, you want to look good beating your opponent 
And that that was yeah. a snoo- that was a snooze fest. I'm sorry. Like the most exciting plays that happened were Keon Coleman going up over Jamon Green or Bryce Berenger one hand catching those horrible snaps. Like the punter was making the best most athletic plays of the whole game <laughs> for Michigan State. So I'm glad you said that, Brand. That was one of the most boring Michigan Michigan State games yeah. I've watched. I can't remember one more boring actually. Um, there might have been, but like I kept after the first quarter, I was like, "Whoa, the first quarter's already over." The second quarter, like it's a, the second quarter, it's a halftime already. It just was flying by with not much happening. Right. Um. Yeah. So as a recruit, like we had a five-star quarterback there, and although he did get a crystal ball towards Michigan, maybe that was just the crowd and the atmosphere, which was awesome. I heard. Right. Um. But <laughs> if man. he does choose Michigan, I think he's insane. Yeah, like, why would – don't listen to this, Jaden, <laughs> because I we want you at you. Michigan. I want you there. This is a great school to develop quarterback talent. But why would you go? Uh, the things that – Jade, the way we use our quarterbacks, like you've said, Bran, I don't know why a five-star would come right now. And that's that's scary. That's a battle they could have won. They could have locked him in with a dominant win there. And maybe they still did with the atmosphere, and he's going to be all about that. But yeah, I'll just I'll Does, I'll just say this one time because I just I got really into Ender's game after it popped in my head. This quote <laughs> from this is Ender's. He says, "No, you don't understand. I destroy them. I make it impossible for them to ever hurt me again. I grind them and grind them until they don't exist." That mentality is so absent from Michigan. Do you think that they were trying to destroy Michigan State? Because the play well, calling the- told me they were just trying to get out with a win. They didn't care about how beautiful it looked. They did not care if Michigan State was embarrassed. They just wanted to get out with a W, which I understand. But I want that mentality. And JJ had the quote before the game that said, mm-hmm. we're not going to lose. We're going to destroy them. And then your actions are telling me something wildly different. So yeah, I I think if a fictional character can have that kind of like attitude, you should have that against your hated rival. And uh, I haven't seen it for Michigan, and I think they really only get that attitude towards Ohio State. So that's just, I don't know. Maybe I've got more hate to give than the average Michigan coach or player. I don't think it reflects on the players because I think, I think they felt what JJ was saying in that pregame quote, but it comes down to Harbaugh and how he draws up the game script because he's going to win his way. He's going to ground and pound it because he knows you can't do a thing about it. And we talked about the OSU game last year. I don't even think he really even opened up the playbook last year. Cade had like a little over a hundred yards passing. It was the Hassan Haskins show. We ran that ball through their teeth because we won the battle in the trenches. That's why we were able to beat Ohio state. And I don't think that we're going to really try to do anything too different this year either. That is Jim's football identity, and he does it really well. And so I, I that's kind of what gives me a little bit of hope for this game is that I'm feeling right now very similar to how I felt last season in that, oh, Jim's just never going to change. This just isn't going to work when we go up against a team that has more talent than we do. But last year it did work just because we finally were able to craft the type of team that Jim has been striving for all these years. 
a team that can just punch it through your teeth no matter what. Couldn't do that against Georgia, and so my uh, my beef is legitimate there still, but it mm-hmm. could still work against Ohio State. Um, I don't know how many teams in this college football playoff it could work against. I still don't trust it to take us all the way, and that's why I still want to see change. I want to see him trust J.J. By the way, just watching what Jim Harbaugh has turned J.J. into uh, makes, makes me sick. Feel even, does it make you feel even worse for Cade? <laughs> I mean, he's so... JJ still he ran for like 50 yards in that game which is more than J uh, Cade ran for the entire season last year. So he mm-hmm. offers that running element which helps the running game. So for anything like Jim Harbaugh should love that even more. But yeah, like as a passer like he's not he is not doing anything that Cade McNamara can't do as a passer. Uh, I mean, some of those rollout throws, Cade could not make that throw, I guess. But statistically, they're looking pretty similar. JJ has had a better completion percentage. But the big thing I've seen trumpeted on Twitter is that he's leading the NCAA in completion percentage. Well, after that game, he is no longer. And let me me look it up real quick. Let me read you the guy who took his place, uh, Drake May from UNC. This guy is what I thought JJ was going to be. <laughs> so far, he's got 2,600 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah, um, his, they, he's unreal. I haven't watched much in North Carolina, but every time they're on, I check their stat line because I know that he puts up just bonkers stats every game, puts up win or loss. 405 touchdowns almost every game. It's unreal. Uh, and. Yeah. JJ, we've seen it. I mean, we were at the Hawaii game. We were there before he got really re- re- reeled in. Yeah. Uh, it's natural for hit. him. Yeah. And I feel like we've destroyed his natural QB talent, and we've kind of put him into a mold that has really negatively affected him. You took a prize stallion, and you told it he could only jog or canter, never sprint. Yep. Um,. Some shout-outs, I guess. One was Keon Cole. Coleman is uh, awesome. The truth. Yeah, he's an NFL receiver, like maybe early round. He looked really legit. And another thing that made me excited was he had 155 yards. He had a lot of yards. And uh, Michigan State still only scored seven. And that's a good sign, I think, for when we face an Ohio State team who has three, maybe four, really, really good pass catchers. Yeah. And, like, last year, they got their stats, and we still were able to hold them uh, to pretty low scoring within the game. So that made me feel pretty good about our bend-don't-break kind of defense. Um, but shout-out, man, Keon Coleman. He, he might be – someone said this. It's not my thought. He might be so good at football – He's done with basketball for good. <laughs> Probably, yeah. He should. He should. Um, yeah, he he's good. Michigan State-wise, do you guys think it's time for them to look past Peyton Thorne? Uh, I don't know. I, he didn't do anything in that game that, that yeah, was like terrible. I maintain my position. <laughs> I think Cody's right. And I'll speak, over. I'll speak for Code because he's having a coughing attack. <laughs> yeah, this pod sucks. 
He's had to run away from the mic a few times just to <laughs> make sure the coughs aren't there. Um, so very noble of you, Code. I try and open my mouth to say something, and then all of a sudden, like, a cough comes out. I feel like I'm going to throw up trying to suppress it. Oh. It is <clears throat> great. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it matters who's – I don't think it's Peyton Thorne's fault. Um, at the same time, if you're going to have a different guy next year, it might be smart. Uh, Peyton to- Thorne can come back next year, though. True, but if it's going to be a QB battle, um, maybe it's – if they lose next week to Illinois – or this week to Illinois, then I think you start splitting time because the season's over at that point. You're not bowl eligible anymore or have a chance to be bowl eligible, um, which that's great. Tough. Michigan State's got to go it, against Illinois to be bowl eligible still, right? What well, wouldn't that put them at three and six? So then if they won out, they'd be six and six. Yep. So they got to so win bowl everything. Yeah. After Illinois, if they, if they lost. Oh, if they lose, they could still be bowl eligible. If they, because they're three and five right now. Okay, good for you, Sparties, because I don't see them winning that game. Um, but I don't, th- I don't blame Peyton Thorne. Is all I wanted to say. He's not doing a ton to win, but he also threw the ball up, and his offense is throw it up to your really good receivers and let yeah. them make plays. He does that well. Um, if you are. <laughs> If you're hoping for my help in making this transition, you're going to have a rough time <laughs> you're uh, on your own. Do you want to look uh, forward to next week just real, real quick for Michigan? Well, th- let me ask you this. Do you want to cover TJ Hawkinson? Yes. Mm-hmm. Then no, sure. we should We should not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your guys' initial thought when so, you saw the headline that TJ Hawkinson has been traded to the Vikings? So the first part of that, T.J. Hawkinson has been traded. I wasn't shocked because they were, they even were interviewing Hawkinson about it, and he was like, Hawkinson said himself, I think two weeks ago, I want to stay in Detroit, but I get it. Um, and then they let him go. Or they didn't let him go. They traded him. But the second part of your statement code, to the Vikings, mm-hmm. is a painful one if he signs with them long term. So his contract's running out. This might just kind of be one of those loner things. If he doesn't want to stay in Minnesota, he doesn't have to. Um, So there's a chance we could have traded him for a contract that we weren't going to sign him for big money, and we got picks for it. My take, though, is that he's worth the money. Tight ends are pretty valuable. They're a bailout. They save your quarterback. They block. And he's been maybe the third fourth best he's tight end five. in the league and he's been healthy this year too that's something i think he's worth the money uh and i know we got a lot of holes to fill and picked up some draft picks and whatnot but it pains me to see him go do you think um keeping him should be dependent on if you want to move on from golf or not Um, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Because he helps Goff? So I would say if you if you want to stay with Goff, I would say you're fine to move on because I don't think he's properly utilized. He's had the one monster game, and then every other week was just blah. So 
I think if if you want Goff to be the guy, you're fine to move on from him. But if you're going to break in a, a rookie quarterback, I think you will give him every opportunity, which would be having a top five receiving tight end on your team. So that's just my personal opinion. I know that paying him the money does maybe make things more difficult in the future, but I I don't know, man. It's just it's hard to let that go for uh, basically a second and a third when you spent a top ten pick on him. I was kind of moving the opposite direction in that um, if you're keeping golf, you're kind of committed to wanting to win soon as opposed to pushing that goal down even more years um, with the time that it would take to break in a rookie quarterback. You know, honestly, like if you I, had... I don't see Goff as a win now because he's not. Well, I don't now either. And it's not I don't either. Obviously, we've made that clear that we don't <laughs> feel that way. But if Goff is your guy, then you want to start putting pieces together around him. And so if you're starting to ship all your pieces out, it doesn't really make sense. You're clearly not nearing that win now. You're still, um, you know, continuing along that rebuild. And so that's just it. I still think we're so far from winning that it doesn't bother me that much. Personally, I like Hawk. Travis said it well. It's really hard to get a, uh, a quality tight end in this league, one that has that level of value and longevity. I really like Hawk. I think a lot of people hate on him a little bit because they wanted him to be even better production-wise than he has been. But I-, I wanted to keep him, but it makes sense. I think it makes sense when you're this far away from winning um, to avoid paying guys big money that are just going to keep you from signing more young, talented pieces that are going to help you win in the future. I think the the best take I saw on it, like you said, Code, it doesn't. It's it makes you feel like here we go again. Mm-hmm. And I saw a tweet today that was really solid. Brandon's tweet was my favorite. <laughs> Actually, I was going to read Brandon's tweet. <laughs> just <laughs> there we go. Brandon tweeted me in twenty fifty. This Lions rebuild is really coming along nicely. In a couple more years, we could actually make a push for the playoffs. <laughs> uh, Brad, that was some of your best work because that's how it feels. Uh, Hawk was a bright part of this young team, and we were supposed to rebuild. We were supposed to rebuild. We were supposed to rebuild. And we keep knocking the tower over to rebuild it up again. We've been rebuilding yeah. since the 60s. I'll tell you what. So, like, that 2050 – that's not outlandish at all. That's a shorter amount of time <laughs> from now till then than we've yeah. been rebuilding in total. So why not another 30 years? If Hawk ends up signing long-term with the Vikings, uh, I'll be really upset. Um, if this is kind of one of those loner good trades because it's an expiring contract and you weren't going to pay him and you get picks out of it, okay. I don't like the return a lot. But at the same time, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you're not going to get a huge return for a tight end anyways. Right. Um, but at the same time, then maybe you just hang on to him and try to sign him because uh, he was a top five tight end historically. My biggest take is we just go all in on getting Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you don't need a tight end with Lamar Jackson. Oh, he actually has one of the best, too. So he's he's not coming to Detroit, man. <laughs> he might not now. This kind of came up not, in the Discord a little bit. Not ever. Um, I've previously been kind of on C.J. Stroud being QB1 in this class. Uh, it seems like every week he makes a, a couple throws that no one else in the country makes. But I think I'm putting him at quarterback two 
uh, because his name is not C.J. Stroud. His name is Coleridge Bernard Stroud the Fourth. Have you ever heard a softer name? This guy, yeah, Stetson Bennett. Well, Stetson Bennett's not going to be an NFL quarterback. He's well, that wasn't the parameter you set, but okay, whatever. Stetson Stetson Bennett is just like your favorite quarterback from Notre Dame that I told you was not going to be anything. Uh, I can't even remember his name right now. Ian Book Ian has Book. not got Ian, enough chances. Ian Book. I was so hard on him, and you were so offended for his sake. And uh, Stetson Bennett is in the same ballpark. The never stopped believing. The, Still believing. I am. You know who's getting a lot of action right now? A lot of love. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Nobody, nobody ever thought that uh, you know he would be seeing the amount of time he's seeing late in his career. There's so much time for you, Ian Book. I. Uh, <laughs> I'm here for you, man. You got this. It's not over for you, and we all know it. This is a route I didn't expect this pod to go today. <laughs> all that to say, I am out on Coleridge Bernard Stroud the fourth. I am in on Bryce Young as the quarterback of the future. I really like Bryce Young because I watched the the loss to Tennessee. I thought he was fantastic. I loved the demeanor he had where his offensive linemen were whiffing on blocks his wide receivers were dropping passes and he would just go over there and just like pick them up and be like, Hey, we got this. Like he was an excellent leader. He had incredible pocket awareness. He does not have CJ Stroud's arm, but he's got all the other intangibles that Ohio state quarterbacks really never have. Cody, you are saying that Coleridge Bernard Stroud, the fourth is your quarterback three. If you tell me that will Levis is your QB two, I will no. disown you. Okay, who's who's your QB two? Will Give me Levis. Head and Hooker. Head and Hooker is really good. So here's here's my reasoning. I have always subscribed to the mentality that Ohio State can't develop quarterbacks, and now uh, I saw something from Pro Football Focus that showed me statistical reason why. Um, so if you look at the percentage of times that a quarterback throws to his first read. Stroud was near 75% of his throws are to his first wow. read. You look at uh, Bryce Young, who is far away, far and away my QB1. He's only throwing about 44% of the time to his first read. There's a huge statistical difference there. They also had a stat for the average amount of yards uh, between their chosen receiver and the nearest defender. And there is a huge gap uh, between the amount of distance between Alabama receivers and how much distance separation Ohio State receivers have as well. Mm. Um, so first read, um, the amount of separation. There's one more stat in there, too, that made it just it just showed you statistically how much easier it is to hit guys at Ohio State for huge chunks of yards. And so. And there's one more guy in there as well, and I believe it was Hendon Hooker. Uh, I'll have to pull up at some point that that whole post that Pro Football Focus put out there. It was um, I thought it was really informative, and um, it definitely it gave more substance to that belief that people have shared just because of uh, over time Ohio State hasn't been able to churn out a consistent quarterback at the pro level. It really kind of helped put it into focus as to why that might be. There was another, I don't even remember who it was. I wasn't prepared to talk about this. There's somebody who had played at the pro level who put it pretty simply that Ohio State 
um, they plays they play to read the coverage, and so you read the coverage, you adjust accordingly. But they do not develop a quarterback's ability to read progressions, which is something that is essential at the next level. And so essentially, they have to learn how to do that from scratch because they don't have too much experience at that in the pro level. At the same time, they're learning to do this while they're playing against a level of talent that they've never seen before. And it's on equal footing, um, world-class athletes, where your athletes are not head and shoulders above the athletes you're facing on the defensive end. That's incredibly challenging to do. It's no doubt that Ohio State has had some really talented quarterbacks, but the task that's in front of them to transition from the college level to the NFL level is so much substantially harder than what quarterbacks at other universities have to face. I'll tell you one reason quick why I'm scared of Hendon Hooker as well, if we were to draft him. And the name is Jalen Hyatt. (laughs) Hyatt, he's he's amazing. Uh, If you look up the stat leaders, he's like fourth in receiving yards or third in receiving yards in the country. And all of them around him and receiving yards are from small schools. Uh, So he's the only like legit school with over 900 passing uh receiving yards then he has like 14 receiving touchdowns already uh he's just a get out of jail free card for Hendon Hooker right now so it's been that that's a nice weapon to have and they're using him well but that also I mean almost any time you've got a quarterback who's in the Heisman run look at all the past guys they had some of the best receiver weapons in the game so it's hard to tell um I think we should break this down really deeply in another pod when it gets time for the Lions if they're going to draft a QB. Or we just break it down even if they're not because uh, it would be a lot of fun. And I think we disagree a lot on it. Um, yeah, I, I have just one more concern real quick. Could you name like maybe your top three favorite young um, quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Guys you think are awesome? Um. How young are we talking? What's the parameter there? Like first contract, guys. Well, my favorite Zappy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Zappy right. is him. Yeah, but if you were building a, a, a team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got to be uh, the Chargers. He's Justin Herbert. Okay. Justin There's Herbert one. is a stud. I love me One some of my Jalen favorites, Hurts. Joe Burrow. What'd you say, Code? Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts. Good pick, Code. Jalen Hurts. Okay, so there's there's three really good quarterbacks right now. Hennon Hooker is older than all three of those guys. That's true. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's so old. <laughs> he will be 25 by the time he gets drafted. You know what? But if you're good enough, you can like look at some of these quarterbacks that are playing still. Yeah, quarterbacks. And I'm can not play saying forever. it's a deal breaker, but uh, it's it's just something to consider. You got. <laughs> Bryce Young will probably be 21 when he's drafted, so, uh, wow. so there's a difference. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, I, you're not off there, Cody. I think he's a fantastic quarterback, and I think he's got a chance to lock up the Heisman this weekend against Georgia. That's a big game. Big game. Yeah, if uh, he shows out against Georgia's defense, I'm fine with just giving him the Heisman right now. That's yeah, it's over. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance for some of the guys, like C.J. Stroud's going to continue to put up big numbers uh, no matter what, but competition is a different thing. The Blake Corum for C.J. Stroud game will be a big one for the Heisman race, I think, uh, but it's if, really dependent on what Hooker does this week. If Hooker fails <laughs> this weekend, yeah. 
I got a yeah. couple predictions uh, for you based on what we just said. I do think that Hooker is going to fail this week. I think Georgia is going to expose Tennessee. I, I hope agree. I'm wrong because if that's an awesome game, I'd really enjoy watching it, and I would like to see Tennessee beat Georgia because I'm sick of Georgia. But I, I do think that a balanced team like Georgia is going to be able to uh, really take it to them. And the, the betting line does reflect that. They they think that Georgia is the better team. So uh, that's prediction number one. Prediction number two is that C.J. Stroud is going to be the first successful Buckeye quarterback. I I think he's got it. So I'll just I'll say that. But wow. he's not no longer QB1 uh, <coughs> because no one with a name that Charmin Soft – can be my quarterback. I'm sorry. Uh, do you guys want? You can just tell me no. But I thought Hawkinson was like a cornerstone piece for this team, especially because they invested a top ten pick. I think we could assemble a top five unanimous guys on this team that are untouchable. Do you want to do that, or do we need to get out of here? Well, I think we need to get out of here. Uh, and probably next week we're going to have plenty of time. Um, well, actually, college break basketball down that is Rutgers getting... game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Illinois-Michigan State might give us some content to break down a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think for time's sake we push it. Um, and you got anything, Code? Do you agree, disagree? No. <laughs> Cody can't talk still. <laughs> Uh, I do have one one of my own predictions for you, Brian and Code. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame beats Clemson. Oh man! Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Code. I <laughs> all good. I I don't believe I really in Clemson, <laughs> but Notre Dame is just bad. Like they they're not they're not like the worst. They're surging. Yes, but they're surging. I don't know, guys. The uh, Clemson's only favored by three and a half points right now. So the the problem is, as a matchup, Notre Dame's offense is terrible, and Clemson's strength is their defense. And if you look at what who was able to score on Clemson, it was teams that could pass the ball. Come on, man, <laughs> believe in something. But <laughs> as a bad Kevin Malone. <laughs> <laughs> That's Notre where he's struggling did... not to not like just go on a coughing fit. Uh, yeah. uh what's the name of Syracuse's dome again? Now uh, it's RCA. the JMCA, I think, or something. Whatever it's called. Notre Dame went into dome. that crappy little dome and put a whooping on Syracuse, something that teams have not been able to do this year, and something that really Clemson couldn't do. Uh didn't wasn't able to put Syracuse away like Notre Dame did. Um so that gives me some hope, and maybe this is a prediction of just hope because I really just want Clemson to lose and because yep. they're going to screw up the playoff picture. They do not deserve it. ACC, man, just garbage. Garbage. Uh, Wake Forest, I thought they were decent, and they had eight turnovers in the second half against Louisville, and they got Jeez. just blown out. And that was uh, Clemson's best win, so. Turnover-wise, uh, just a random thing to throw out as we end this pod. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a team try to rip the ball out as much as Michigan State did in that game. Uh, and kudos to them. I think it was smart. Yeah, they got a turnover. They had a few almost turnovers because of it. 
that was some of the most aggressive turnover searching I've ever seen, and it was good game planning. I mean, they tackled pretty decent anyways, so. Yeah, that Donovan Edwards turnover at the very beginning, that's nightmare fuel. That wasn't Donovan Edwards, that was Cornelius Johnson. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, it was Cornelius. Sorry, I just, Uh, anytime I can say something bad about Cornelius, I will. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah, fair. Yeah, I heard it was listening to a pod about talking about the game, and they just straight up said, uh, Cornelius Johnson isn't a great receiver. He's not a bad receiver, but he's not great. He's not good. <laughs> and they just kept like downplaying it. This is a Michigan podcast, and they they were trying to say like he's pretty medium, but they just kept like <laughs> he's not bad, but he's not great. He's not good. <laughs> That's accurate though. The, he's a whole bunch of nothing. Harbaugh puts out the three best run blockers because that's all he looks for in a wide receiver. Travis said it, yep. I think, in the Discord. If he could just play all tight ends, that's what he would do. And, man, is it frustrating because the forward pass is the most fun, exciting play in football. But you got a whole bunch of run blockers out there. We've got Roman Wilson. Andre Anthony doesn't even play. Our why do I forget this guy's name every time? Our punt returner, AJ Henning. Yeah, Henning. AJ Henning is electric. Uh, the way we utilize our wide receivers is insane to me. Agreed. Can't believe we've had such talented wide receiver rooms too. Um, some really talented guys there. Yeah. Why they keep coming to Michigan, I have no idea. <laughs> Ten bucks to both of you guys if Andrell Anthony doesn't go to the NFL. because uh, he's he's just built exactly. The skill set exactly like the last few guys who have went and done squat at Michigan and now look at Nico Collins, Donald Peoples-Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. wait, is that a bet or are you just rewarding us if something bad happens? <laughs> uh, no, pretend I didn't say it, but okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and close this out unless somebody's got anything, any last thoughts. I just I want to see Trav or Cody try this like to close this out Trying and if talk. he has to cough just like yeah just cough Cody fight just cough into the mic why are you the way that you are ah uh, I there's a lot of reasons all right no, go for it Cody I don't have a whole lot to say because I was I was hoping Trav would say exactly what he did and then Brandon just did I, you, Brandon you can just things. say no you can say but, no. No, I'm talking now, and I'm on a streak. I'm doing okay. It's funny because I've just kind of gone in waves. There'd be times where I'm talking. It's like, hey, this is going pretty good. And then I'd stop talking, and all of a sudden it comes back with a vengeance. <laughs> and it's it's funny because the harder I try to keep it in, the worse hey, it code. gets. Hey, code. What? 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 I'm going to keep saying what because if you make me wait, I'm going to start <laughs> coughing a fit. Darn it. What? You're so smart. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Oh, thanks for joining us. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Well done.